Welcome everyone to Voice of the Valley here in the Horn Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Studios. I'm your host, Dave Bell. 428-9494 is the phone number, 928-428-9494. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you're having a good holiday week. I don't know how many are working still. We'll find out. Some people take the week off. You might as well. I mean, if you've got Thursday and Friday off, that way you're only burning three vacation days. It's it's all it's it's all three card Monty when it comes to your days off. Let's just be honest. We're we none of us like to admit it, but we're all sitting there doing it's chess. It's basically chess. Okay, if I do this and then I can take four days for July fourth week, you know, yeah, we all know you maximize those days. I get it. Uh, my guest today, Jennifer Labram, she is with Graham County Health Department, and she handles all the mental health issues that the uh, that the health department is doing. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Um, I saw at the last meeting, and I was glad that it came up because I was hoping we could talk about it today, um, telehealth, telemental health, excuse yes. me, for uh, teens. Yes, yes. We are super excited about that. So we got a great... Um, grant from Blue Cross Blue Shield of Arizona, and they are supporting our schools in um, having that service be available to their students. And we're hoping that that rolls out mid-December, um, which we know is right before the holidays, but the holidays can be a rough time sometimes. Well, I, I, it's funny. See, I don't, I don't specialize. In, I don't know mental health at all. <laughs> um, but I do see obituaries, and I have for almost 30 years in journalism, and it's funny how I can see when the spikes occur. Yeah. And the holidays are one of the areas that obituaries spike. Mm-hmm. So I'm not that – it's funny. It also seems like people just kind of end their lives. I'm not talking about suicide. I'm talking about just they've decided it's time Mm -hmm. because I see a number of older people that pass during the holidays. So I don't know what it is about this time of year, but it just seems to increase. And, and teens, teens have a rough on a good day. (laughs) Exactly. So I can't imagine dealing with, well, mom or dad just suddenly got unemployed. So there may or may not be a Christmas or a Hanukkah. Um, or they've been in a situation where it hasn't been pleasant all right. year long. Right. Uh, just making it even more so. Because I'm assuming the overwhelming, this sounds weird, the overwhelming positivity during this period can be overwhelming for a child who's not in a positive situation. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, so uh, what will the telemental health comprise? So um, it's a program through a company called Carrington. um, And the program is called Dialogue. So what it allows the students to do with parental consent is to have a 30 minute telemental health session. Um, And they get to choose their um, therapist from a list of therapists. So if they don't like how it went this time, then they can switch it up next time, or they can stick with the same one. But they essentially, once they have their parents' consent, they they are able to make their appointments. Um, 
And so they can make several a week. If they feel like they need several a week, they can make once a week, they can make once a month. Um, but it's it's really all in the students' hands. And of course, um, school staff are going to be there to support them along the way. Um, but I, I love the concept of this program, allowing students to take charge of their mental health and know their needs. Something came up during the approval of this, and my wife and I debated it. Now, my wife is a good mom, and I want to stress that. She's a very good mom. Uh, kids are grown, but she did a great job. Supervisor Paul David said he was concerned about certain discussions, uh, specifically as it regards to gender. Well, he, he mentioned two things. Okay. He mentioned gender and he mentioned abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, I, I just want to make sure that the counselor, I'm paraphrasing, the counselors understand our conservative morals here. Um, I heard that and I understood what he was saying. Mm-hmm. You, you, the last thing you want is somebody on the outer fringes of, of therapy coming in and saying, we're going to try something brand new. Right. And it doesn't necessarily mesh with, with the people you're serving. My first thought was, what about the kids who are afraid to come out? The f- kids mm-hmm. that are afraid to acknowledge how they feel. The, the kids that are deathly afraid of saying I'm pregnant or I got a girl pregnant uh, and the physical ramifications yeah. from a parent. Uh, so I, I went immediately to the far end, <laughs> to the you know, danger zone, for lack of a better term. My wife said, hold on, as a parent, I want to know that my child is struggling with these issues. And I want to know that there's something I can be doing. Now, she came from the compassionate side. <laughs> I, so I understood what Supervisor David was was talking about, but I also worry about those kids mm-hmm, right. that are on my end, the right. you know, the scared end. Yeah. And he's coming, I assume, from my wife's side, which is the passionate side, the compassionate side, I should say, rather, saying, how do we help? Right. So is there is there a way for parents to be in, to be sure that their child is being counseled in a way that's supportive and healthy and not, I don't want to just so say aligns, contrary to their beliefs. Aligns but, with their values. Yeah, but but their values, again, they because, could be different. Yep. because I'm coming from the crazy side, <laughs> um, their values may be you're pregnant, well, that means I have to beat you. And we don't want that. Right. You know, right. but that's their value. And it's, we as a society say that's not a value, but right. that's their value. Right. Right. Well, so what the program offers is for um, parents to be involved in the sessions if they want. So they can do a parent-child session if requested, um, and and parents can be involved. However, um, because of privacy laws, um the therapist does not and should not tell um, the parent or guardian any information from the session unless it's um, in regards to somebody's safety. 
Um, and so then they have a legal obligation, again, to report that um, to law enforcement and, and to next of kin if needed, um, or, or to the school if the student happens to be at school, because we do recognize that not all of these sessions will happen in the comfort of their home. Um, so the school is prepared to allow time and space um, for it to happen on campus. It's, it's a fine line. Yep. And I don't yep. envy, you know, the counselors. And it's, but you I'm know, glad they're there. Yeah, that's it's there for every youth counselor. It's it's always going to be an issue that parents want to know more than legally what the counselor um, can share with them. I'm glad that our kids have this opportunity. Me too. Um, is is this something relatively new in rural areas? So, um Blue Cross Blue Shield was so excited about this grant because they've never done anything like this before. And so, um, yes, it is relatively new. You know, the pandemic opened up a lot of doors. There were some good things that came out of the pandemic, and this is one of them where people are just more willing to participate in offering and receiving um, telehealth services. I, I Previous to here, I lived in Lake Havasu City. It's definitely not a big city. It's big compared to us. <laughs> Um, about 60,000, so bigger than our county. Mm -hmm. But, you know, compared to Phoenix, yeah, it's, small. it's not. And I remember struggling with school counselors with my kids because they were overwhelmed. Yes. It wasn't that they didn't care. They were just overwhelmed. Yeah. I was lucky enough to have uh, one of the counselors for my kids happen to be the mother of one of my reporters. Oh. <laughs> so I had an in. You, you did. <laughs> um, but... The option of going outside, while it can be scary, I think, for some of our parents here, mm -hmm. because, oh my gosh, it's going to be, all right, let's just call it what it is. Oh my gosh, it's going to be some liberal uh, counselor from Seattle <laughs> that's going to tell our kids, yeah, you know, put on a dress and call yourself Mervin. I don't know. Um, but the reality is, any counselors we have are overwhelmed yes. right now just because one person it really should be one-on-one -on -one, and they're one on what 30 50 100? oh yeah way more than that yep so yep. you just you can't so the opportunity i think is is the greatest thing here yes and let's see how it works absolutely yes and i and i will say that um to maybe ease some maybe minds, uh, all the therapists that work for this company are licensed for Arizona, and they've had five years of working with youth. Um, and all professions, all mental health professions, whether you're a licensed professional counselor or a licensed clinical social worker, a marriage family therapist, we all have um, professional ethics that we have to abide by. And so those um, personal biases that you may hold you have to put those aside um, in your sessions. And I and I will be the first to say that not all do, but ethically that is the standard for our profession. And that's good to hear. I mean, that's what we want out of any health professional is don't we really don't care what you believe, we care what you know. And helping you figure out what you know as well. Yeah, because you can believe whatever you want. We're all good with that. <laughs> that's that's the great American thing is we respect everybody's belief. Right. But when it comes to, to health, we really want what's proper and best. Absolutely. So uh, the other thing that, that really came up this week, uh, 
this last, well, this whole last month because we celebrate Veterans Day. Yep. Uh, and I was I was really pleased at this year's Veterans Day ceremony. The commander from the American Legion really made an emphasis on helping our vets with PTSD mm-hmm. and ultimately dealing with suicidal thoughts. Right. right. And he, he told me the American Legion started a, a relatively new program, Be the One to Save One, mm-hmm. basically one on one. Yep. Um, I, I was curious your thoughts on on that because the latest numbers I saw from the Veterans Associ- uh, Veterans Administration was seventeen veteran suicides a day. Yes, which is down. It is down. So that so. is excellent news, but it's still still seventeen a day too many. Yeah. So I, I'm curious how are how are we looking here in Graham County on that issue? Because uh, I'm assuming. Uh, there's one veteran I know. He's he's still on the street. I don't think he's come off. I've dealt with him a few times. Very nice man, mm-hmm. but obviously struggling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, came back from the Middle East and just hasn't been right. And he'll be the first to say he's he's mm-hmm. not well. Um, I'm curious how we're doing here. Well, so um, thankfully we do have a VA office here. They they aren't able to offer a lot of services here, but at least you can connect with someone in person um, and get the ball going. But um, as far as um, suicide here, is that your question? Just just mental health in general. Mental health in general. For our vets. Um, you and know. that's a tough nut to crack because <laughs> they is. do not want to, they're, they're bred to be tough. Right. And that's the culture of military. You know, we've had conversations about this, how military culture sometimes um kind of goes against you're meant to be independent to be able to take care of yourself um but they are starting to do some trainings um within their culture you know culturally specific trainings um to address mental health and and they the va has long been aware of it um for a long time but it is it is a hard nut to crack as you say um but they're they're working they're working every day towards it um and I would just encourage anybody who does feel like they are struggling, you can just call 988 and then you press 1 once the recording comes on, and that's directly um, for veterans. It connects with somebody who is um, trained in working with veterans. And so 988 and then 1 is the easy number to remember. I, I will say this, for those that believe Americans have to be tough, and there, there's a few of us that, that that really believe you, it's just like in sports, suck it up, rub some dirt yep. on it, you're good. Yep. Um, I think we're seeing other nations deal with it right now. Russia especially is really struggling with their active duty soldiers mm-hmm. who have been in an active war zone for too long. Right. Yep. Um, so it's not a case of Americans are weak or soft or no. anything like that. It's just the nature of military service and especially war. I think so. Yeah, I think it is. And I'm going to assume we're going to see much the same in the Middle East, probably in what, about six to eight weeks I'm, if it continues? Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, you can't live in a state of perpetual readiness and not struggle mentally. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to you've got to be able to um, 
take a break from that and have someone to debrief with. And I, you know, in mil- that's a military term. I know they debrief, you know, after everything, but um, sometimes that isn't always enough. Um, and, you know, really to talk about being strong, reaching out is probably one of the hardest things pe- some, for some people. And so it, it's incredibly strong um, to reach out when you do need help. I, this has nothing to do with Graham County. And if you can't answer it, I'm okay. <laughs> I, I was just sitting there thinking Russia is struggling with their soldiers. They really are. And mm-hmm. and the soldiers, every time a soldier is captured or, or just goes AWOL, you hear these stories. I'm curious about the Ukrainians. Now, they're fighting for their homeland. So there's, there's a different... I think there is a difference. Yeah. yeah different attitude. But at some point, they're going to hit it. Yes. Too. Yep. I mean, right now it's survival for mm-hmm. them, um, whereas the Russians aren't surviving. They're, you know, so there's right. a different ma- yep. mindset. I'm just curious what that's like for those for those guys, especially after all this is done, because adrenaline can only flow for so long. Right. Right. And then you have to crash. Yes. And yes, it's survival, and you, the body is conditioned. You know, if it's survival, I'll keep going. But boy, that's that's got to be rough on them. Well, uh, unfortunately, a lot of us, when we are have that adrenaline and that stress response going on for so long, our body is not made to manage stress for extended periods of time. And so we go into maladaptive coping, you know, where we might start depending on a substance. Um, alcohol or nicotine or, you know, amphetamines, which was harder things. Yeah. Yeah. Was popular, I believe in, in world war two and Korea, especially. Right. Right. And so in a sense, they're self-medicating, you know, very much. And, um, and so that, that can be one of the big issues that comes out of this is they, they develop addictions to, and it doesn't even have to be to a substance, um, but certain addictions. And the other thing is that, um, they start to isolate and withdraw. Um, they don't want to think or talk about those memories because it's it re-traumatizes, and so they just shut down completely. And and that works for a while, right, until it becomes just an ugly mess. Um, but, yeah, typically we, we develop um, – we adapt somehow, and, it, and usually in those um, circumstances, it all depends on the support system that we come home to. Right. So if they're supportive and accepting and and wanting and helping us work these things out, we do much better. If we come home and we isolate and nobody reaches out to us, um, that's when those maladaptive coping strategies tend to get worse. War is obviously the most stressful. I mean, I I don't think any of us can deny that. However. We're seeing especially at the corporate level, which I don't think we see here as much. The the phrase I can't stand, we have to do more with less. Uh, and I've been in corporations where I've been told that. I'm assuming, not, not equating war with that stress, but I'm assuming that stress functions much the same way. Yeah. Where, where you're just, there's a point of I just can't. Right. Any stress that extends, you know, chronically is going to have major impacts on our physical health, on our mental health, um, all of those things. The, bo- the body reacts the same. Um, the situations and the stressors can be different, but the reaction is very similar, yes. 
Uh, one thing I, I learned, and I'll, I'll tell this story. I don't mind because I feel bad about it now. Um, it was, I was editor at the newspaper, and we were losing staff and not filling. We have to do more with less. <laughs> and I, I realize now, looking back on it, I was self-sabotaging. I, I was basically trying to get fired. <laughs> Um, because at one point I just didn't do something and my publisher lost her mind. Rightly so. I want to stress that. And it didn't stop me from yelling back at her. Um, I'm, I'm assuming that's one of those mechanisms that we, we do. I mean, I look back on it and I go, there's no excuse for what I did other than I probably was burned out. Absolutely. That's a huge sign of burnout where we just don't care anymore, right? I, I don't care if they get mad. I don't care if I get fired. I don't care. We become very apathetic. Um, and that's that's usually towards the end of burnout where, where we're heading for destruction, right? Um, but that that can come earlier on as well where we just are apathetic. So how do, how do we, A, recognize that? Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't recognize it till well after the fact. And I really need to see her and apologize to her. <laughs> um, and I didn't get fired. She did not fire me. Wow. God very understanding. Woman. Yes. She was a wonderful woman. Uh, but A, how do we recognize that? And B, what can we do to to soften that? There may be things out of our control. Right. Certainly, absolutely. Certainly the company was not filling the positions that I needed filled. I had, That was out of my control. Right. right. But what can we do? when we're in these situations? So the first thing is, is recognize, as you said, this is going to be a high stress situation. Um, We don't have the employees that we used to, or I'm being given more responsibilities. I'm going to need to monitor my, my stress levels. Um, But one of the first signs that we see of burnout is um, just that we are not feeling like we're doing our best. So we start feeling stretched, maybe we start feeling like we're we can't do anything right because we've had we have too many things to to do. So that's one of the signs that we need to look at. Um, another sign is that we start to have less compassion for our coworkers. Um, well, if they can't handle this, you know, we start to compare how everybody's handling things and we start to have less compassion and less empathy, even though we sh- we're right there in the middle of it with them. We should be completely empathetic. Um, but when we start to lose that, that's another sign um, that we're getting, that we're on the road um, to burnout. And so some of the things that we can do are um, to take, um, a break for self-care. And that does not mean people hear self-care and they think, go get a massage, go get your nails done. Th- that That's great self-care, but that takes time and money, right? So, um, so that's not always an option for everyone. So when I say self-care, I mean, make sure that you're eating healthy, make sure that you're getting enough sleep, make sure that you're talking to somebody about the issues. And when I say talking, I don't mean venting. Venting is fine, but venting keeps you stuck in those feelings. So when I say talk, I mean process. So if you had a bad day at work, instead of just telling the story, when you're really wanting to process, you want to talk about the emotions. That made me feel so stupid. I just felt incompetent. And it started 
to make me question, like, do I really know what I'm doing? So we're talking about our feelings, not just about the events that happened. Um, and that's that's more processing our emotions. And so that allows us to work through them instead of hold on to them. All right. I do have a follow-up to that, but I do need to take a break. So let me do that first. 428-9494. If you have a question for Jennifer Labrum with the, with the Graham County Health Department, we're talking about mental health back right after this. Welcome back to Voice of the Valley here in the Horn Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Studios. I'm Dave Bell. Jennifer Labrum with the Graham County Health Department is here. We're talking about mental health, and the key is not uh, mental unhealth. It's mental health. Right, right. So we were talking before the break about, you know, dealing with uh, employment stress. So my follow-up to that is, and I know nobody has sympathy for these folks. I get it. (laughs) I was one. Nobody should sympathize for me. What about the managers? Oh, um, they have stress, right? They really do. <laughs> um, and and yes, I know they're paid more than the entry than the frontline people. So I understand frontline people not sympathizing. I get that. You're you're not wrong. But I, what? How do they handle things? Because they're juggling two things. They're juggling how do I keep my employees happy and healthy? Because that's a big factor. How do I keep my boss? Right. You know, off my back, basically. Yeah. Um, so managers really have, it seems like, an extra layer of stress. And the old argument has been, well, you're paid for it. <laughs> Can't pay that much, I don't think. <laughs> and, and I guess the, the side one to that is counselors. Yes. I mean, you're dealing with this all day long. Mm-hmm. At some point, you I assume you just want to yell out, can somebody just tell me something happy <laughs> just for five minutes? Well, and that's one of the coping strategies, right, is that you celebrate the small things um, and you notice the good because there's always good in, in every negative situation and every bad day. There's always going to be some good that you can find. And that's, that's um, a positive coping strategy. We have to train our brain to look for the positive because our brain is wired um, back from our survival brain to notice the negative. That kept, kept us alive. If we noticed something negative, that meant something usually was wrong. And, and that helped us to stay survive, to survive. But it's, it's not helpful to us now. And so we literally do have to retrain our brain, rewire our brain to notice the positives. And when situations are stressful and overwhelming, it's even harder to do. Right. And so we have to we have to mentally um, and actually, I would say literally make note of the positives. I encourage people to um, keep a little gratitude journal where at the end of the day, you write three to five things very specific about that day. Not like I'm thankful for my family, for my house, for my food. Very specific. I'm thankful that there was a slight breeze today. And that kept me nice and cool. I am thankful that I ran into so-and-so today. Um, but be very specific about your day. And then uh, for managers, because we, yes. we talked about, you okay. know, do do more with less. Yep. Nobody is doing more with less than, than that mid-level manager. Yeah, stuck in the middle. Yeah. 
um, what can they do? So I think um, really showing that empathy and compassion for those that they manage. I hear you. I, I hear this isn't fair and that it, you're burning out, that you're overwhelmed. I, I hear that. Um, let's see what we can do to um, boost morale here, you know, amongst ourselves. What, what can we do? Can we, can we have a, a lunch together or can we? So really just making sure that your employees feel heard even though you they even though they might not see the changes because you don't have control over everything but really still just taking the time to say i like your feelings are valid it is rough around here and i'm i'm with you in that um can go a long ways um and i know when it comes down to it people are like i just want to see change um but validating those feelings and the, those emotions are are a big deal as well I, I can't recommend this to everybody because, quite honestly, it did run me afoul of the company. <laughs> um, but I I recommend working with an employee on what they need. So, for example, I had one that wanted to work from home, yes. had, had a new baby. Uh, I was fine with it. Now, the company wasn't. <laughs> But And I had to fight that, but it was a two-year fight that I ultimately lost. But for those two years, that employee was at home. And, and I don't think they ever knew that I was making that fight for them. But if if that's one thing, I'm okay with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah choose choose your battles and, and help your employees feel, feel heard. Now, I, I was in a position where an employee could work from home. That doesn't, you know, if you work retail. Right. It's, not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing you can do about that. But, I mean, little things like that just, I don't know if they, it's the hardest part for a middle manager because I don't, if you're doing it right, your employees never know. Right. Your, your right. staff never know what you're doing for them. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they're just happy at their job or as happy as you can be not being independently wealthy, <laughs> you know. Um, so I, yeah, I, my sympathy goes to the managers. Yeah. Yeah. They're in a tough spot. So, uh, if anybody has any questions about mental health and and mental health services available here in the Gila Valley, what should they do? Call the health department, the main line at the health department, which I do not know off the top of my head, (laughs) but call the health department. (laughs) Graham dot G-O-V. Uh, it's, uh, gram.az.gov. And we do have, um, a mental health section now up on the County health departments where we're putting a lot of resources up. And, uh, the emergency number, if you're really feeling stressed, 988, 988. There you go. That's, that's the key. And, uh, if, if you're a parent, talk to your school, find out about telemental health for the kids. In high schools, this is now. This is only for high schools right now, but you should be getting some information from the schools in the next month. Very good, uh, Jennifer Labram. Thank you so much. Uh, as always, way too much having you back. We talked about it during the break. Uh, middle of December, we'll see you again. Sounds good. Excellent. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you all for listening as well. I'll be. Uh, I appreciate it every single day. I'm out of here now, but I'll be back tomorrow. Until then, you guys have a great day.